In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reading from 1 Peter, which you just heard, which links to Sunday's Gospel lesson, the Good Shepherd passage, is a very appropriate scripture for this call day, the day that many of you will receive your first calls or vicarage or intern assignments. Verses 2 to 4 of this portion of 1 Peter are, in fact, read in the service of ordination under the section entitled, The Responsibilities of the Office of the Public Ministry. Let me read those verses again. Peter writes, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in our charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. These are both strong and encouraging words. They certainly help us focus on what is important about the ministry for which you students are preparing and the vicarage or placement calls many of you will receive this afternoon and evening. Peter's words contain specific instructions on the attitude that pastors and future pastors and deaconesses for that matter should have as they go about ministry. When Peter says, shepherd the flock, his words not only bring to our mind the hazardous duties of pastoral leadership, but also the need to humbly carry out those duties. Like it or not, though, what is on most of your minds is not Peter's instruction for ministry, but the question that I've heard many of you ask now for the past number of weeks and even months, the question, where? Where are we going to end up? I wonder, in fact, if it wouldn't be more appropriate if instead of the faculty and staff procession in the call service this evening, we had a procession of real estate agents. <laughs> I'm sure that there are times when placement director Robert Hayner and Glenn Nielsen, the director of Vicarage and Deaconess Internships, have wondered if they were in the real estate business from coast to coast, to be exact. The location, location, location slogan of real estate agents when it comes to house values seems also to apply to the value of calls and vicarage and intern assignments. I do wish the best for all of you here being placed. I hope that all of you are able to go where you want to go. In my day, though, we really didn't have any choice. In fact, if you asked to be placed in a city, you were put in a remote rural area. If you asked to go south, you went north, which could mean one of 15 Canadian calls with 70 miles or more between the three or four different parishes that you served. And maybe that process was okay because it certainly changes the focus of call day from location, location, location to people, people, people. And it's certainly people, not places, that Peter is talking about when he says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. 
Peter's personality here, though, seems to be a little more restrained than usual. You cannot help but feel the humility and gentleness of someone who at one time was self-reliant and impetuous when he writes, Shepherd the flock of God which is in your keeping, not for shameful gain, not domineering over those in your charge, not playing the master, but making yourselves examples to the flock, clothing yourselves with humility. Peter had learned the hard way that the number one enemy of serving in the church is ego, clothing, the failure to be servants. He emphasizes this when he reminds us that the flock, the church, belongs to God, not any one of us, regardless of our position in the church. How easy it is, though, for those of us who are in ministry or preparing for ministry to build up the people that we might be serving around our own personalities instead of the Lord of the church, and believe it or not, to do this and not even know we're doing it. That's not what Peter had in mind when he wrote, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. What Peter really is saying is, wherever we are or wherever we go, that place needs a shepherd. We live in a society where barriers of race, culture, gender, and economic status separate, divide, rather than unite people. Racism, hate crimes, discrimination, and mean-spiritedness are increasing even among those of us who profess faith in Christ. For that reason, our fractured society is begging for spirit-filled, level-headed Christian leaders to engage the brokenness in our homes and schools and community and world. What our world needs more than anything else is a ministry of presence, a ministry that is willing to transform and renew people, a ministry from us that is filled with a desire to share the good news of God's love in Christ. We know what our Lord has done for us. We know that he lived and died and rose again, that we might never die, so that we might have life now and life forever. He rose so that we might rise above ourselves to joyful service. And does he not pray for us as he did for his first disciples? I can hear him praying, praying that we might be consecrated, set apart for a holy work, even as he was chosen and set apart to carry out his Father's will. I can hear him praying, yes, praying that we will remain loyal to him and faithful to the task for which we have been called. I can hear him praying, yes, praying that we may be united with one another as we carry his word and message of love to the world. He wants people to see him in us and we in him, almost as though you cannot tell one from another. So what is important for us when it comes to ministry? Location, 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 or people, people, people? The answer to those questions is obvious. Jesus, our model for ministry, was present where people were hurting and hopeless. And what did he do? He communicated by word and deed 
God's unconditional love is un unlimited love. And so can we, wherever we are or wherever we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.